and welcome to E2 of Belief Over Doubts, where we work to apply Bible basics to real life situations. I'm your host for this show, Robert Polk. Today I want to start the conversation about maintaining your health, and I want to challenge you to understand your overall health, you know, especially during this pandemic. And I'm not here to talk about keto or count your Fitbit steps. I'm thinking about the full landscape of health, the stuff that they don't talk about in school. I want us to focus on your physical health, your mental health, your financial health, and your spiritual health. I'm not sure how often you think about these things or how each one can affect the other, but each does hold a different weight when it comes to your overall health, no pun intended. I'm sure I won't have to remind you as I go through this series that I'm not a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, I'm not a financial planner or like some spiritual healer. I'm just a believer uh, who wants you to understand that there are answers to life's questions inside of that 66 book love letter that God wrote to us. Let me ask you a couple questions and we're gonna be honest with each other. We, we in the trust tree, right? How healthy would you say you are? And how would you rate your overall health? Would you say you're in excellent health? Would you say, uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I could be better. Or you know what, Robert? It's not looking good. Um, well, be before I go too far in and I forget, please leave, leave a comment, like, and subscribe. If you have a prayer request or questions that you want answered, please email me at beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. I think about when I rent a car. They always tell me like, bring it back at the same level of gas or there'll be a penalty. They want it back the same way that they gave it to me. Man, like even Blockbuster Video <laughs> used to put a sign directly on the tape that said what? Be kind, please rewind. Why? They wanted their stuff back the way that they gave it to you as well. So if 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 are correct, and my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, given by God and bought at a price. Shouldn't I think to return it in a healthy manner that it was given to me? All right, so that's where I plan to start, by discussing physical health in this episode. And then we'll move on to the other three over the next couple episodes so that I can give each one adequate time and try to tie God's word directly to your health. Let me be clear when I talk about physical health. I'm not talking about working out and trying to get your summer body together, but I am talking about things more in depth than just running up bills or, or jumping to conclusions. You should already know where I'm gonna get my answers from. So let me run through a series of questions with you. How many of you know your blood type? When was the last time you went and got a physical exam? When was the last time you had a mammogram or, or had your prostate checked? How many of you even know who your primary care doctor is? How much rest would you say you get on a, on a nightly basis? Do you think that that makes you healthier or causes your body more stress? And then what keeps you up at night? And in your personal situation, where can you go to get rest? Answer time. Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30, where Jesus offers you something that no one else can offer you. He offers you rest. 
The book says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So two things. I put this translation from the New International Version because I understood the comparative words like weary and burden versus like easy, light, and rest. And what does it take to get those? Accepting Jesus' gentle and humble heart or his grace and mercy. He offers you rest. What would you give for rest right now? Uh, second thing I wanted to point out is the word yoke. For those that don't know what a yoke is, let me define it. If you do know, just act like you learned something so I can feel good about the work I'm doing. Um, so a yoke is a long piece of wood tied across the neck of two animals like oxen in order to make them work close together when they are pulling a plow. And, and I love this offer because the work still gets done. You still continue to move forward, but God now buys in and he's taking the burden off of you while you do your work. So when you think about the meals that you ate this week, did you eat things that you actually expect to nourish and protect your body? Or did you just ask for that in prayer? Do you think that there's anything in the Bible that'll help us understand dietary needs? And since we're made in God's image, I would think that we should be able to get some direction on what it takes to fuel these soft tissue machines, right? I'm guessing that the answers I give won't be anything that you don't know. Uh, let's scan the Bible and see. It's a quick story I want to share um, about a leader named Daniel. He's believed to be a descendant of King David. He was a prophet and he was known to be wise beyond his years. Daniel was deemed to be more than 10 times wiser than those that they compared him to, and he was known for his ability to interpret dreams. It was said that his wisdom was like that of God's. This is the kind of person I want to learn from, right? So what did I learn about what I should eat or what I shouldn't eat from Daniel? He's taught us some things during his time serving King Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel chapter 1, verses 6 through 20, I found an interesting story. Him and his friends were taken to the king's palace to be taken care of. They were gonna be raised there and educated there um, so that they can be of service to the king as they got older. They were offered food and wine directly from the king's table for their nourishment. The officers realized that Daniel and his friends wouldn't eat the food or drink the wine that they were given from the king's table. When they asked him, Daniel said he didn't wanna defile his body with that stuff. He said that he only wanted vegetables, maybe whole grains and water. This request was denied as the officials needed him to stay healthy and they didn't want to incur the king's wrath for not taking proper care of him. So Daniel challenged the officials to let him and his friends strictly eat vegetables and drink water for 10 days and then compare him and the others. Scripture tells us that at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. So they all sat around, no more royal food. What does that mean to us? No more uh, Burger King 
or or, or, or Dairy Queen. No more uh, King of Chicken Sandwiches from Popeyes, right? Uh, oh, one, one more. How about Crown Royal? <laughs> uh, I will tell you, and, and most people um, who know me have witnessed that I try to eat pretty well. Um, I don't go 10 days with only vegetables or water or, or grains, but I do make a conscious effort. Now, my message here was not just to brag on Daniel but to talk about eating more fruits and vegetables. And the message isn't new. God even identified to Adam and Eve what they should eat. And no, I'm not talking about the tree of good and evil. We know that story. I'm referring directly to Genesis chapter one, verse 29, where God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. Now, I'm not a vegetarian or vegan, but I am a man that's genetically predispositioned for diabetes, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure. So when I weigh my options and I think about how I want the later years of my life with my wife and kids to be, I know that there are certain decisions or sacrifices that may need to be made today. Have you asked yourself what you want the later years of your life to look like? How much time have you invested in trying to make decisions that mirror or lead you to that way of life. As you spend more time in the Bible, you will find more culinary options for plants, grains, fruits and vegetables are heavily promoted, though they're not often discussed. I remember I used to tell people that genetics play a part, but what you eat, when you eat, and how much you eat are the major factors in weight loss and weight gain. I recently read a wellness article through John Hopkins that stated that their research showed that intermediate fasting is a way to manage your weight and prevent or even reverse some forms of disease. The writer added that many diets focus on what to eat, but intermediate fasting is all about when you eat. Stating that fasting for a number of hours each day or just eating one meal a couple days a week can help your body burn fat and scientific evidence points to some health benefits as well. Now, with that said, I'm actually a supporter of short-term intermittent fasting. But I also believe that while you're working to discipline your body, you can fill up on a different, a better fuel that will provide you much more nourishment. What if you compare the two? What if you can get the health benefits and feed your soul? So in the book of Ezra, he goes into detail about a time where he was scared and he was hoping for a safe journey for the adults and children and their, all their possessions while they were traveling to Jerusalem. In chapter eight, verse 21, he says, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before God. And in verse 23, he says, so we fasted and we petitioned our God about this. And he answered our prayer. Yo, it took, two verses, some discipline and a humble fast to get it done. I'd take that deal any day. When you're managing your food intake, it's easy to get hangry and, and act a little less than Christ-like. You may feel weak and tired and it may prove difficult to muster up extra kindness, but if you try to fill that time with an increased dedication to prayer, meditation, and observation, I think the results are worth it. I say these things because it's easy to focus on the benefit of your body and not what could be gained for your soul. 
If you're committed to a fast and you are depriving your body of this normal fuel, you need to call on something supernatural or someone supernatural to provide what we need. There are many places that you can go to learn about the benefits of eating fruits, vegetables, drinking water, uh, doing intermittent fasts. But the fast, when properly pray, paired with prayer and supplication and humility, you can gain favor with God. And, and fasting, it should be a time of total dedication to God. It should be a time of worshiping God. So I, I, want, I want to paraphrase from the text. Isaiah chapter 59, verses 3 through 9, where the Israelites or children of Jacob were fasting, and they were calling out to God, and they didn't feel like they were being heard by him. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? And the response they got was, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is not the kind of fasting I have chosen? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then, then your light will break through the dawn and your healing will appear quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of God will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Now, how's that in comparison? I fast and I felt like I humbled myself and the Lord hadn't noticed versus I call and the Lord answers and says, here I am. So my hope here is to show you that you can detox and strengthen your body, your soul, and your relationship with the Father at one time. We've seen fast all through the Bible. We saw Moses fast before receiving the Ten Commandments. We saw Jesus fast before being tempted by Satan. We saw Paul fast after being blinded on the road to Damascus. We saw King Darius fast when Daniel was in the lion's den. We saw Ezra fast a couple times in the book of Ezra. We saw Queen, Queen Esther fast to protect her people. We saw David fast for the health of his child. We saw Elijah fast when Queen Jezebel was trying to have him killed. I mean, I, I can go on for days. In researching this, I found another testimony. Someone mentioned that they had finally started intermittent fasting and they had been doing all of their eating within a small window. They were recently outed by a friend that explained that in fact that small window was the drive-through window at the McDonald's in the neighborhood. I do hope, I do hope that you were able to take something away from this. I know that this topic is tough, but that's okay. I don't want us to shy away from these things because they're tough. I want us to try to find the courage to discuss them and try to become better people and better Christians. <sighs> All right, so. Today I laid out six passages of scripture. And here's, here are my takeaways. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, I took away that we need to honor God with our body. It's his. We need to live with that mentality every day. And we need to take proper care of it. No matter how you feel about it, God loves you. 
and your body. From Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30, I knew that rest was important, but I wanted to focus on the fact that God can grant you rest like no one else can. And God wants to lighten your load and remove your burdens. From Daniel chapter 1, verses 6 through 20, there are two things that jumped out at me. That it's not easy to stand up for what you believe, but it is worth it. And you can save others through your actions. I also learned that we need to be able to say no to certain foods and put more vegetables and water in our bodies. And that way, we can look better than everyone else like Daniel did. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, I took away that before the sacrifices had to be made due to our sin, God intended for us to eat fruits and vegetables. Those were to be our food. In Ezra chapter 8, verses 21 and verse 23, I took away that fasting when you need to hear God better or you need to draw closer to him is a great thing and it can yield positive results. In um, Isaiah chapter 58, verse three through nine, I took away that fasting for fashion and fans is futile. I know I had to do it, but let me do it one more time. Fasting for fashion or fans is futile. Well, what that means is that God doesn't want pointless fasts where your behavior doesn't change, but your body does. He wants to be in a real relationship with you. And this is one way, when done properly, that you get to show that you're dedicated to that relationship as well. So that's what I got um, for this week. Again, this was E2 of Belief Over Doubts. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. Um, for prayer requests and questions, please send those over to Belief Over Doubts. Join us next week as we continue this series on health. Um, be blessed and be safe.